Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you have certain friends or family members who really need God's help right now? Maybe they're in some kind of trouble at school or work or in their marriage, or maybe they're battling some illness or they're going through some suffering, a time of sorrow and loss, or maybe they're just struggling with some wounds that they're carrying or some addiction that they're enslaved to. You know, do you believe that you can make a difference in their lives, especially through your prayers? Do you really believe that God wants you to make a difference in their lives through your prayers for them? That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the power of intercessory prayer. I want to talk about what intercessory prayer is. I want to talk about how it works. And most of all, how God has put certain people in your life for a reason, that that God wants to use you as an instrument to bringing them closer to him, that God wants to use you as an instrument to help them experience his love more, his mercy more, his compassion and comfort more, his strengthening more in their lives. That's what God wants to do through you if you dare to grow in intercessory prayer, praying for your friends that you love. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I want to welcome you to this special edition of All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and it's a special edition this week because I am recording on location. I'm right here on the shores of the Sea of Galilee here in the Holy Land while I'm leading the Holy Land pilgrimage this week. And uh, I'm so excited. I'm looking out at the Sea of Galilee right now, and it's just so moving to be here in the land of Jesus and uh, imagine him crossing that sea many times. We got to go on a boat ride today on the Sea of Galilee. And again, it's just just so moving to think this is where Jesus was. And what I want to bring you in on, though, was something that happened earlier today as well. It was our visit to the ancient biblical town of Capernaum, right along the Sea of Galilee. Uh, you may have heard of Capernaum. It, it appears many times in the Gospels. Capernaum was the, the home of Jesus during his public ministry. This was his home base, and we got to walk the ancient streets of Capernaum. It's been all it's been excavated, and you see the ruins, the remains of the uh, of these various neighborhoods. We got to go right there to where the synagogue was where Jesus taught so many times. And what I really want to share with you, though, was our chance to go to the excavations, the remains of St. Peter's house. That is, that's just an incredible experience to think this is Peter's house. This is where Jesus lived when he was in Capernaum. Again, this is where his home base was at Peter's house. This is where Jesus ate so many meals. This is where he slept. This is where he no doubt had so many conversations with his disciples. And most of all, what we're going to focus on today is how this was a center for Jesus's healing ministry. His healing ministry took place here. He healed people like Peter's mother-in-law. He healed many other people who came and brought their loved ones to him right there at Peter's house. We talked a lot about this today with our pilgrims, and we talked about the power of bringing your friends to Jesus, just like those first century Jews in Capernaum did. We're going to look at that in a moment, but I'm, I'm particularly excited to talk about this today because I I have a brand new book out that explores Jesus's public ministry, including his healing ministry. I'm so excited. Uh, This new book is called God With Us, 
Encountering Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. So uh, I'm so excited because this year, this I don't know if you know this, but uh, this next liturgical year, which starts in just a couple weeks, is going to be focused on the Gospel of Matthew. Every every church year, the church focuses on a different gospel. So maybe Mark one year, maybe Luke another year, but this upcoming liturgical year is going to focus on the, on the Sunday readings on the Gospel of Matthew. So if you want to get ready to encounter God's Word in the liturgy, if you want to get ready to really be fed by the Gospel readings and be fed by your homily, you want to get to know Matthew's Gospel better. And I hope that this book will be really helpful for you to really walk with Jesus in his public ministry through the year, through Matthew's Gospel. Uh, It also comes with a number of reflection questions that you could use for your own personal devotion, or you could use it for small group uh, discussion, whether it's in a men's group, a women's group, a Bible study group, or or maybe just as a family, for the family to to wrap their minds around Jesus's ministry in the Gospel of Matthew. So check that out. And you know, some of you, I know many of you maybe aren't readers and you, you like being in small groups, but you use video-based studies. So I want to recommend uh, a study that I didn't do, but one that a friend of mine put together. His name is Jeff Cavins. You're probably familiar with Jeff. He's one of, one of the best Bible teachers in the country. And he has a video-based study on the Gospel of Matthew. It's called The King and the Kingdom. Uh, the King and His Kingdom. So you can check that out, that video-based Bible study. It's with Ascension Press. So you can go to ascensionpress.com. If you're interested in that resource on the Gospel of Matthew to get ready for this next liturgical year, Uh, or again, you could check out my book. It's called God With Us, Encountering Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. It's put out by Emmaus Road Publishing. You can get it on Amazon. You could find out about it on my website, and you can also find out about it uh, through the St. Paul Center. So, but let's let's go back now. I want to take you right there. <laughs> I want to bring you in on my pilgrimage this week. And we had such a blessed time there in Capernaum going to Peter's house. And I was sharing with the, the pilgrims today about how so many people brought many who were sick and suffering various diseases and people who were possessed by demons. And uh, there were great crowds that were filling the street outside of, of, of Peter's house. And that's where Jesus was. They were all bringing these loved ones to Jesus for healing. And, you know, when you think about this, you know, I remember I've read this before, you know, even long before I even came to the Holy Land, I read about Jesus at Capernaum and Peter's house and people coming and bringing their loved ones for healing. But in my head, you know, I'm just picturing, you know, there's some house and, you know, they got maybe like a front yard and a backyard and, you know, neighbors next door and there's some big street, you know, and and, then people are just kind of crowding around the house. That's not the picture we should have. If you come to Capernaum, you see this. Don't think of this as like, you know, this big street. Like if you live in suburbia and you've got this big lawn in front of your house and this big street and you have a crowd of people around, I want you to picture really tight quarters. Picture about like the 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 width of your maybe your hallway within your house. That's that's the street in front of Peter's house. And you you can imagine it when you go there and you see Peter's house, the remains of it. And it's just packed with people. When you read in the Bible, it says great crowds were there outside Peter's house as parents and and friends were bringing their loved ones, their sick, the paralyzed people, the blind people, those that were suffering various diseases. They would bring their loved ones 
to Jesus right there at Peter's house. And this was a great place of healing. Uh, One of the most famous stories, and this is the one I really want to draw out for us today because there's so many important lessons on what it teaches us about intercessory prayer. Uh, One of the most famous stories you can read about this in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, it's about a paralyzed man. So there's a man who can't walk. How would he get to Jesus? He's not able to, to pick up and just start walking over there to Peter's house to find Jesus. He can't do that. He has to completely rely on his friends. And we don't have any Bible story telling us anything in scripture about how this man, you know, called his friends and said, hey, could you come help me? He didn't text his buddy and say, hey, bring me over to Jesus. (laughs) You know, we don't have any record of the paralyzed man taking any initiative on this. The paralyzed man is completely passive in the story. The paralyzed man is simply taken by his friends. It's his friends that take all the initiatives. You can picture this. You can picture uh, some friends all of a sudden just come up to the paralyzed man and say, hey, we're going. I'm taking you to Jesus. And the man maybe doesn't even know who Jesus is. Again, we don't have any record of the paralyzed man saying anything, doing anything. He has no activity. It's all the initiative and activity of his friends. And his friends love him so much that they're willing to take time out of their day. They're willing to go to great lengths to bring their friend to Jesus for healing. But then they get there. And what do they see? It's going to be hard. There's a large crowd outside Peter's house where Jesus is. A large crowd packing this very narrow street. They're way at the back of the line. This is going to take hours. And and they're saying, we've got to get our friend to Jesus before the door shut and the sun goes down and and the healing day is over. Maybe, you know, again, we don't know all the, the details here, but we do know that these friends really go out of their way to help their friend at this moment. What they do is they they actually go climb up on the roof of Peter's house and they lift off the roof, the ceiling of the house, uh, and they lower their friend down to Jesus. That's how much they love their friend. And that's how much they believe in Jesus, that they really believe Jesus can work wonders for their friend, that Jesus could heal their friend and make their friend walk again. So they have tremendous love for their friend, tremendous love and faith in Jesus. And they go to great lengths, make many sacrifices to bring their friend to the one person who can make a difference, Jesus Christ. And you know the story. The Bible tells us that this man is forgiven and he's healed and he can pick up his mat and walk again. It's amazing uh, what happens here. Now, here's the key though. Why is this man healed? What did Jesus see? You know what he saw? The Bible tells us when Christ saw their faith, he forgave the man's sins and healed him. That's so fascinating. It's not what Jesus saw in the paralyzed man. It's what Jesus saw in his friends. He saw the great faith of this man's friends. And and that great faith of the friends is what moved Jesus. It moved him to want to act right away and help this paralyzed man. And I think that tells us a lot about intercessory prayer. Because you probably have friends, family members, coworkers, loved ones who are paralyzed. Maybe they're spiritually paralyzed. They don't think of God or 
they, they're going through a hard time and they, they can't really think about God and, and they, they just need someone to carry them. Maybe they're devout Catholics, but they're just going through such a hard time right now that just you coming alongside them and being like that friend and carrying them to Jesus with your prayers, it could be so powerful. Do you love your friends enough to bring them to Jesus? And that doesn't mean you have to literally pick them up and bring them to church on Sunday, although that would be pretty cool too. But, but at least do you pick them up in your heart? Do you lift them up in prayer? These friends lifted the paralyzed man up to the roof and lowered him. Do you lift your friends up in prayer and bring them to Jesus? And Jesus, he'll be so moved when he sees your heart, when he sees your love for your friend and he sees your faith in him. That's what moves Christ. That's what amazes Jesus in the Bible. You'll see these many times where Jesus will say that he's amazed. You know, the Bible says Jesus was amazed. Now, it takes a lot to amaze the Son of God. It takes a lot to, to impress Jesus, right? Uh, he's God. But the one thing that impresses him the most, that amazes him, the Bible says, is great faith, bold faith. Do you have faith in Jesus that he can heal your loved ones? He can make a difference. He can help them in their troubles, in their sorrows, in their their their, their trials in life. You know, this is how intercessory prayer works. I think this is important because sometimes we can think it's just the prayer itself. I got to say the right words. I got to go find the right little holy card or the right, find the perfect novena online. I'm going to go on Pinterest and look for 10 different kinds of novenas, you know, you know, and it's not the prayer itself. It's not like just some magical words. That's what it, what it is. It's not the prayer itself. It's the love you put into it. It's the love you have for Jesus and the love you have for your friend. That's what God sees. And God will use that to help your friend, to help your loved one. It's not how many prayers you say, how many times you recite. No, it's how much love you put into those prayers, how much love you have for your friend and for your God. You know, some people may wonder, though, do my prayers really make a difference? I mean, really? I mean, God's the one in charge. He's the God of the universe. I just have one little tiny life here. I mean, God doesn't need my help. He doesn't need my prayers. My prayers can't change his mind, you know. But here's the deal. It's true. God is God. We're not God. And God doesn't, in a strict sense, really need our help. He doesn't need our prayers, right? He knows people are suffering and he can go help them. He doesn't need us. He can just do it all by himself. But here's the key. Even though he doesn't need our prayers, he invites us to pray. Even though he doesn't need our help, he invites us to help. Partly because he knows it's good for us. It's good for me to pray for others, to serve others, to think of others and their needs and not for myself. It's good for me to pour out my heart to God for others and their troubles and their sorrows and their needs right now. It's good for me to grow in love, to expand my heart. That's good for me. I need to intercede for others. It's good for me, not just for my friend. <laughs> but also, I want you to see it this way. Our Heavenly Father is moved by our love. When he sees a humble heart coming before him, and it's a heart full of love, a heart full of love for someone else, it's as if our, our Heavenly Father can't resist. He just wants to come down and, 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 let, us, and, and let us help, and, and, and then he'll add his helping hand as well. He just can't resist a humble heart full of love, especially love for the poor and the suffering and the sick and the needy. I remember, I'll share a story with you. I remember 
uh, one time we were in, in Michigan on family vacation and, uh, we only had a couple kids at the time. We had a little baby that was in, you know, the little car seat and you know, were, we're taking the car seat out and it was like zero degrees outside. It's really cold. It's icy. And, and, and I remember, uh, the older sister wanted to help and she's only about two and a half years old. And I'm trying to carry the baby brother into the the house where we were going. And it was, it was a couple, you know, a couple houses away. It was going to be a slippery walk and it's really cold. And I just want to get in there really quickly. But I remember the, 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 the older sister, just if she's two and a half years old, just had this heart full of love. She goes, dad, I want to help. I, I want to carry my baby brother in, you know, just, just almost begging me. Can I help? Can I help? I want to do something. She just loved her brother so much and wanted to help. And I thought, oh, sure, hold on to the car seat with me. We'll, we'll carry him in together. And I didn't need her help. I could carry the baby in by myself. I probably could do it quicker on my own. <laughs> and, and I would have to go at a little slower uh, toddler's pace, you know, with my two and a half year old holding the, the, the car seat with me and we're walking into the house together. I could have gone a little quicker. It might've been a little easier if I did it on my own. I did not need her help, but I saw her heart. And I knew it was good for her. It was good for her to grow in love and serve. And I knew it was in just seeing her heart and her love for her little brother and her, her heart for service. I, I, I just melted. I was like, oh, you, yeah, come on and help. I just wanted her to be able to help her brother. And I think our Heavenly Father looks at us the same way when we approach him with humility and love, especially love for our friends who are suffering. Now let's go practical here. Again, I'm I'm here on location right here along the Sea of Galilee and I had a chance to go right there in Capernaum to Peter's house today. And, and it's so moving to think of the so many of the healings took place right there. This was the center of Jesus's healing ministry right there at the home of Peter in Capernaum. Well, practically how can you live this out today in your life, whether you're in the United States or Australia or Ireland, whatever part of the world you're listening in, you know, you don't have to come all the way to the Holy Land, to Capernaum, to grow in this kind of intercessory prayer. I want to give you three practical things really quick to do. First of all, identify. Identify the people in your life that you think God really wants you to pray for. What friends, what co-workers, what family members does God really want you to pray for? Maybe think of people who don't have someone to pray for them. Uh, this is a wonderful thing to do to realize God has put certain people in your life and you could choose to make a difference in their life, or you could choose to just ignore them or be indifferent to them. What paralyzed friends do you have? Friends who maybe can't walk themselves to Christ and to church and to the chapel to pray for themselves. Maybe because they're just going through so much pain and sorrow, they're saying some prayers, but you coming alongside them can support them and help them. Or maybe they don't believe in God. Maybe they don't really believe God is there and God can help them. And they're, So they're like that paralyzed man who does nothing. He's inactive. You be the friend. Go take the initiative. Be proactive. Take the initiative to bring your friend to Jesus through your intercessory prayer. So identify those people and pray for them. Maybe keep a list of them, whether it's a list in your head or you can write it down on a sheet of paper, put it in your Bible, or maybe you, you keep a list on your phone. Whatever it is, make a list of those people so you don't forget them and pray for them. Pray for them every day. Pray, pray a Hail Mary for them. Pray a decade of the rosary for them. Pray for them at mass. Those are wonderful things to do. 
Second thing, let's talk about that. That's actually, I'm jumping into the second point and that's intercede. So the first step, identify the friends, make a list. Secondly, intercede for them. Will you love them enough to pray for them? Take the time out each day. It could take maybe just a minute of your life, but, 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 don't worry about the words. Just just talk to God. Just say, Jesus, help my friend. He's going through this hard time. Jesus, I beg you. Maybe, maybe you make some sacrifices for your friend. When Jesus sees you grow and your heart expanding in love, he, he wants, he'll go and want to help. When he sees your faith, he can help your friend. Finally, bring your friend to Jesus, especially in the Eucharist especially in the Eucharist, that same Jesus that was at Peter's house in Capernaum, the same Jesus that walked the streets around Galilee, the same Jesus who people would want to draw near and bring their loved ones for healing, the same Jesus that the woman with the hemorrhage just wanted to reach out and touch, just hoping if I just touch the fringe of his garment, I'll be healed. That same Jesus, guess what, my friends? He's present right there in your church in your Catholic church, in the tabernacle. Go to him at mass. Remember your friends in mass. Bring your friends to Jesus. He's right there, that same Jesus that people crowded the streets outside of Peter's house to bring their friends to. That same Jesus is really present in the Eucharist. Go to him. Go to him. Go to him at mass. Offer your communion for your friends that are suffering, your children that are suffering, your your brother or sister that's suffering. Go to Jesus in the Eucharist. Stop by the chapel. Stop by your church, maybe on your way home from work or in between errands. Stop by and visit Jesus in the tabernacle. Worship him in adoration. That's the real Jesus that was the same Jesus there at Capernaum at Peter's house is present sacramentally in the Eucharist. Last little thought here in Mark chapter three, verse nine, there are so many people crowding around Jesus, bringing their loved ones to him, wanting healing. So many people, Jesus had to say, you know, as he's on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he says in Mark three, nine to the disciples, go get me a boat. <laughs> he would go, go get me a boat so I can get out into the sea and I'll teach the people from the sea. But if I don't have a boat and people keep coming and try, wanting to come near to me, the crowd will crush me. That's actually what it says. It says he told them to go get a boat, lest the crowd would crush him. I think that's awesome. Not that I want to crush Jesus, but I want, I love it that there's souls wanting to draw near to Jesus and bring their loved ones to Jesus. Our chapels, our Catholic churches should be packed with crowds of people bringing their loved ones with hearts of intercession for their friends. They should be packed just crowded people in our chapels should just be overflowing with people constantly coming in to draw near the Jesus who can bring miracles in people's lives. Do you love your friends enough? Bring them to Jesus, especially in the Eucharist through the power of your intercessory prayer. It really makes a difference. That's what the Bible tells us. And if you want to learn more, about Jesus's ministry, his, his ministry in Galilee, his everything from his baptism to his temptations in the desert, to his preaching in the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, to his healing ministry, to his parables. Uh, this is what I cover in my brand new book. It's called God With Us, Encountering Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Check that book out, God With Us. You can find it on Amazon. You can learn about it on my website, edwards3.com. You can find out about it at Emmaus Road Public 
Publishing or the St. Paul Center. So many different ways to find that book, God With Us. It just came out this last week. I'm so excited to have it out for the church's liturgical year coming up, which is focusing on the Gospel of Matthew. Also, my friends, again, remember, if you're looking for a video Bible study to do in this next year of the year focused on Matthew, check out Jeff Caven's Bible study, The King and His Kingdom. You can find that at ascensionpress.com. And you can follow me always and see pictures and videos of what we do on our Holy Land pilgrimage. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I am praying for all of you here in the Holy Land. I want to just thank you all. So many of you sent petitions in to me and uh, you emailed me with that. I want you to know I, we printed those out. We have them on right there at every mass, right there by the altar. So we're remembering you and your petitions in prayer. You're in my prayers. Please pray for me. May God bless you. <laughs>